0: Welcome to Supernatural Podcast Episode 49 for Malleus Maleficarum. The episode was written by Ben Edlund and directed by Robert Singer, and originally aired in the U.S. on January 31st, 2008. So let's move on to the recap with Kristen and Annie.
1: Summary for Episode 3.09, Malleus Maleficarum. Uh, The episode begins with a couple in love. They're getting ready for bed after an event, and the woman goes to brush her teeth. Seemingly innocent, but no. A witch performs black magic on her toothbrush that causes the woman's teeth to start falling out right there in the sink. Lots of blood, gore, nastiness. The woman, Janet Dutton, dies on, lying on the floor with blood leaking from her mouth.
2: Sam and Dean investigate the case, and Sam finds a hex bag under the sink, and... The boys know that a witch is after the Duttons. So, then Dean basically says he hates witches and stating that they're creepy and downright unsanitary. Yes. And then we switch to seeing the face of the witch
1: that was cursing the Duttons. And, uh, so she prepares a dinner with maggots and makes Paul Dutton eat it with her black magic.
2: Yeah, he's, like, sitting in his car eating a sandwich And then all of a sudden he looks down and there's maggots crawling out Yeah, it was really
1: nasty. However, the uh, Winchester boys come to the rescue before he chokes to death on it. Thank goodness, in the nick of time, Sam finds the hex bag and torches it. Then we see the witch, Amanda. She had it out for the Duttons because she was having an affair with Paul and he ended it. And then after her spell malfunctions... She's trying to, she's frantically flipping through a book, trying to figure out what went wrong, and some unseen force just magically splashes her wrists, and she dies, obviously. That was pretty gruesome.
2: So then the boys investigate the witch's house, and then they find her dead. So then they find another hex bag under the coffee table that the witch died on. And then Dean's like, why are witches going around ganking each other? I guess they eventually figure out that it was a coven of witches. And so then Dean calls to report the dead body, you know, calls 911. So then they're like, oh, what's your name? He's like, my name? Sure, my name is... Uh, he just hangs up. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> that was I pretty love. funny. <laughs> so we find out that the coven
1: of witches meet together under the false pretense of a book club. The three witches use magic to get ahead in their lives. And um, it's pretty innocent. But uh, Amanda went rogue, so apparently she had to be dealt with. Um, When the boys try to investigate Amanda's death, however, the other witches come and protect Elizabeth, the one that the boys are interrogating. So it seems that something's
2: going on. Something's a little fishy. Ruby stops the Impala in the road and warns Sam that he needs to leave town. And Sam, obviously, you know, like, he's had a bunch of interaction with her. He trusts her, but Dean pulls the colt out. You know, he wants to kill her, she's a demon, she's evil, she has to die, basically, is his thinking. And so, just when he's about to shoot her, Sam grabs his arm, the Colt fires upward, and then Ruby disappears.
1: Then, the boys get back to their hotel room, arguing about Ruby the entire time. And Sam says they need Ruby because she's an inside source. They're in a war, they need some help. They can't do it all by themselves. And Sam says that he's got to be more like Dean if he wants to fight the good fight after Dean's gone. But then, Dean starts getting pains in his torso, and he feels like knives are inside of him. And he says, it's got to be the coven, man. Dean's hurt, and Sam's, like, tearing apart the, the hotel to try to find the hex bag, and he can't find it. So he gets, he races off in the Impala to go get that coven of witches and save Dean. Although, that doesn't do much. Help. So Ruby comes in and saves the day again and pours an unknown liquid into Dean's mouth.
2: That's witchcraft, short bus. <laughs> then Sam interrupts the coven and holds them at Colt point. They're all just like, wait, wh- wh- why are you coming to attack us? You know, like, we're not doing anything wrong. Actually, they even tell him, um, well, we don't know what you're talking about. We were just trying to get Renee a lower mortgage rate. They figure out Tammy is the only one who hasn't had like a run of good luck and so then sam's like oh well that's really weird um you know like you're part of the coven why wouldn't you want to do anything for yourself he has the realization well she's got to be the demon that's controlling the witches then of course you know she's a demon she's evil so he fires the Colt, but she pulls out a matrix trick on us and stops the bullet in midair and throughout this whole conflict that ensues afterwards sam is still pushed up against the wall he can't get loose even though she's distracted which was pretty crazy and um... she says that there's a new leader a real leader that's rising in the demon world this is a demon who's going to tear the world apart and doesn't like sam doesn't want the competition with sam so that's a problem Anyways, so Ruby comes and saves the day. We like Ruby now. Ruby's awesome. She,
1: um, she says she's come to serve the demon again. Or has she? Girl fight ensues. And then uh, we find out that Ruby was once a witch serving under Tammy the demon's contract. And Tammy tries to exorcise Ruby, which was so freaking cool. Yeah. Like her her little demon smoke was coming out of her mouth, but she was trying to pull it back in, but it was coming out. But then, the one witch left standing, Elizabeth, was doing black magic on Tammy behind her back, making her cough up pins, making her lose her concentration, and then Sam and Dean are momentarily
2: released from her little spell. Which, of course, they take advantage of.
1: Yes. And so, uh, but not before Tammy uh, realizes what happened and crushes Elizabeth's heart. With Elizabeth performing a diversion, Dean was able
2: to get up, get the demon-killing knife, and stab Tammy eight times in the side. Yeah. So later that night, um, you know, all the excitement has kind of calmed down, and so Ruby comes to Dean at the hotel. He's kind of standing outside. Um, and Dean's like, so devil may care after all? Is that what I'm supposed to believe? And then she tells him how dehumanizing hell is. And um, they have this whole conversation, you know, every demon was once a human. Um, but most forget what it's like. And then we find out that Dean, if he goes to hell, will become a demon. Which is so depressing. That's such a big reveal right there. We were watching it with a group of, like, six people, and we all, like, freaked out. That's, like, the ultimate horror for Dean. Like, not only is he going to hell, but he's becoming the thing that he He hates hates. the most. Dean is obviously, like, completely taken aback by that. You know, then Ruby says that, um... She has no idea how to save him. And that there is no way to save him. How are we supposed to hope now? So then she says that she wants Dean to train Sam for life without him. But anyways, the episode ends with Dean asking
1: Ruby, Why do you want us to win? And Ruby says, Because I remember what it's like to be human. Okay, so, um, I would give this episode an A minus because it was a really thrilling episode something that we haven't seen before which is and, and it was going with the uh, uh, demon war we're fighting again so we got a little bit more mythology and we found out these huge reveals about Dean which are important to the story but very distressing at the same time
2: i'd probably agree a b plus uh you know borderline a minus but they could have kicked it up a notch yeah Well, this is Kristen. And this is Annie. And we enjoyed talking to you guys. We'll uh, talk to you again later. Let's
0: move along to analysis and theories and my discussion with Josh. Hi, I'm Ellen. And I'm Josh. And we're having bad internet connections, so beware. So, uh, overall, what did you think of the episode?
3: Um, I don't know if it was because I was starving for new episodes, but I really enjoyed this one.
2: (laughs) It Nothing wasn't... to compare it to. <laughs> right.
3: I mean, I don't have a lot of complaints, but it wasn't a standalone one like I usually like, but it did deal with the you know the overarching mythology in kind of a standalone story way, so I enjoyed it.
0: That's true. It was kind of a hybrid, I think. Um I normally like the standalones better, but I really liked the, the canon that we got on this one. We learned a lot. Yes. And Kripke, in an interview he did with um, it's TV.com, I believe, he did some big, huge interview lately, and I only read the part that was the non-spoiler, so I didn't read any of the other stuff, but in there, he did say that he the next four, which this one in there, three more, and that's it, that's all we have, <laughs> that they had <laughs> totally ramped up. Like, they're going to be really intensive, a lot going on, that's just different than kind of what we've seen almost like a season finale for the next four. Oh wow yeah so that uh whole lot is going on in these next three episodes and i think this was definitely like that i mean there really was so much given to us and a little standalone episode wrapped in so it was right. very very crazy there's a lot going on
3: there was and it felt like we got somewhere which is nice
0: that's true. It's almost like they, were, they anticipated what was going to happen and they gave us like two months of stuff in one episode. <laughs> right. I liked it. I had a, a few reservations that we'll get to.
3: Um, well, I did like that it was pretty disturbing as usual, Like, especially with the teeth falling out at the beginning. I used to have reoccurring nightmares where my teeth would fall out, so that really freaked <laughs> me out at the beginning.
0: Freud would have something to say about that.
3: <laughs> I'm sure he would. I haven't had it in a long time, but when I was in college, I used to dream that all the time.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's, Teeth Falling Out is always creepy in a horror movie. Yes. Like, immediately I'm like, ooh, Stir of Echoes. Had you ever seen that movie? Yes. Yes, it totally reminded me of Stir of Echoes. It had some good elements to it that, um, you know, weren't just completely a horror. Right kind of a little of everything but they threw in those little nuggets of like pure horror which was great
3: yes teeth falling out teeth
0: falling out <laughs>
3: and eating the maggots really oh,
0: yes yep and that was straight out of the lost boys
3: right I, as much as i enjoy the disturbing stuff i could barely handle the eating gross insects that was really crossing
0: a line with oh. me yeah, there's a reason why I don't watch those reality shows where they eat stuff. There's, right. there's a reason. <laughs> so yeah, that was good. I liked that too. <laughs> good,
3: yes. And speaking of the beginning, I liked kind of how there was a twist pretty early on. You think it's an evil witch that's killing these people, but then you find out it's not just a witch. It's a coven, and then you find out there's another twist. It's not just a coven, it's an evil demon.
0: Yeah, I liked that as well. I mean, the witch stuff... Really actually kind of bothered me the way they worked all that out. I think the writing and the, the mythology could have been, um, well, in my opinion, much better. I did like the twists.
3: I thought it kept us, you know, kept defying expectations in little ways.
0: Yep. And then you think it's a standalone. Right. And then Ruby shows up.
3: <laughs> exactly.
0: I loved the Ruby stuff. All of it. I loved it.
3: Yeah. I admit I've been on the fence about her this whole season, and I still, you know, wonder how she's going to play out as a, you know, a reoccurring character as far as how I like she's going to interact with them. But I think that I really liked how her storyline developed in this episode.
0: Oh, definitely. We finally get to know a little bit more about her. And, you know, since the beginning of this episode, this season, I've been very ambivalent about the, the two girls. But right. then, <laughs> I started liking Ruby more and more, and especially when she started interacting with Dean, because I think they play off each other really well. And right. now that we have found out like her history, how old she is, she's been around for centuries since the bubonic plague. I mean, it was like I just hadn't realized that we were looking at time frames quite that long for some of these like bit characters.
3: <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like
0: Azazel's been around for thousands of years, but like a you know, Ruby's demon is like, you know, 450 years old. It's it's just insane. And yet she's kept her humanity, quote unquote, humanity. <laughs> I think her character is really important to understanding what's going to happen to Dean. I think you're right. And
3: I think that it helps knowing about what happened to her in the way that She's not one of those obnoxious, I know more than you guys and I'm going to keep popping up and making you look like idiots. And you know, But I'm going to be all mysterious. And it helps us to relate to her more and to enjoy her more as a character now that we know what's actually going on with her.
0: Yeah, and we saw that interaction with Dean in Sin City where he was locked in the basement with that demon. Right. And you started to see him change a little bit. I think he would have been a lot less likely to talk to Ruby at all had he not met that demon. So I think Kripke is just a genius and putting these little things in there that don't really mean anything at the time, but then they build into something later. I mean, he's, he's a genius.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I mean, we're used to demons being pure evil and, you know, Dean feels that way as well, and he gets a taste of you know interacting with one. And then, of course, Sam can throw it back in his face as well when they're talking about Ruby, which helps him and the viewers kind of accept her as possibly a good guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are shades of gray. And Sam has always seen that, but Dean was never willing to take chances. Like He's like, nope, bad, good, that's it. Since we've seen Sam in you know, encourage Dean to see all of the shades of gray. Sam is switching the other way, which we'll get to. But it's, um, it's really important to see that change and, and see how that plays out in, in order for them to, one, either use Ruby, or maybe she really is genuine or whatever they do with her. I think it's important that their personalities are changing. Otherwise, she wouldn't have been able to work as a character.
3: That's, that's true. And, something that we talked about with the uh, Christmas episode where it appeared that their their roles and their personalities were shifting a little bit. Yep. And we got more of that discussion, you know, and, and the, Sam told Dean the reasons why. And we have, you know, speculation from why Dean's changing and everything he's going through. And like you said, it it's subtle and it's something that's been going on all season. And that's what makes it so neat when it finally comes together.
0: You have these aha moments. Right. And I had several of them in this episode. I was just, I mean, I wish in a way, and we've had this discussion before, that some of it had kind of branched into two episodes or they would have taken some of it a little bit slower because you get nothing and then you get boom, 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 all this stuff all at once. Right. To try to like incorporate all of that, <laughs> to find out everything all at once is kind of overwhelming. And to realize that you know she had actually been I imagine a witch and had sold her soul and became Tammy's you know little peon and somehow broke free and I mean it's it's raised so many questions and right it was so exciting
3: (laughs) (laughs) it was exciting because it's not a lot that we You know, we don't often get straight up answers. And, you know, there's always the hint that maybe it's all a lie because she is a demon. But I think that we're supposed to identify with Dean in this episode and believe her like he seems to be doing.
0: Yeah. Another thing was that discussion between Sam, I mean, Dean and Ruby about how um, demons are made and, and how they lose their humanity. And we've seen that happen kind of earlier um, in My Time of Dying, where Tessa was taking Dean and, and saying that if you don't come with me, you're going to become this vengeful spirit as someone that you're hunted by your family. Well, it's happening again.
3: Yeah, that's true. It, it, instead of um, these horrible beings just appearing and preying on humans, they're actually, you know, creations that used to be human, people becoming these terrible things.
0: Yeah. And yet again, he's going to go to hell, become a demon, and then he's going to be hunted. It may take centuries. It's happening again. (laughs) Poor guy. I know. Yeah, I I was thinking about that yesterday, last night, actually, when we were trying to record and couldn't. I was thinking about that whole play out and how it parallels that episode and how we haven't really seen that come up since. Because we've been more concerned about Sam and him turning evil or coming back not quite right or whatever it is that we've kind of forgotten. Dean, a little bit.
3: That's true. I mean, we've been much more concerned with Sam's, you know, not just character development, but where he is right now and what his viewpoint on things are. Whereas Dean's been, oh, I'm going to be dead. I'm going to live it up. Not very complicated. Yeah. But now they've switched where they're both of them are getting a lot more fleshed out.
0: Yeah. And Dean has been so, I don't know, kind of accepting of his whole going to hell thing like it's not really going to happen like he's going to find a way out even though he didn't really think there was a way out but he always just kind of knew somehow someone would get him out right he's always saved by his dad or sam or bobby or somebody right (laughs) and now you know talking to ruby and yeah maybe she is lying but i tend to believe her and for her saying, no, there is no way out.
3: <laughs> I know. And to me, that moment was a little bit watered down because it felt like she was kind of contradicting herself by saying, oh, yeah, there's no way. You're going to lose all of your humanity. Oh, but I didn't. In, in one aspect, it's very scary. Yeah, you're destined to become a horrible demon and everything you hate. But, oh, there's a, maybe a little tiny chance you won't because I didn't.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, in a way, I, that dichotomy was very strange. But at the same time, it was giving Dean hope.
3: Right. It's true.
0: Because there is a chance. It may take 400 years.
3: (laughs) You might have to serve some other demon for 400 years. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But but I agree. I think that the revelations with with, uh, Ruby not only helped us find a lot more about the demon world, but, you know, give us some insight what's going on with Sam and Dean for the rest of the season.
0: And how about Dean calling Sam out on his moral change, about taking lives easily? Like, we've been guessing that for episodes. Yes. I was like, whoa, what's going on with Sam? And now he actually, it's like they just took what we were saying and like put it on screen. <laughs> yes. Kind of weird. I'm like, whoa.
3: <laughs> I'm so glad he did. It was, you know, something that needed to be addressed.
0: Yes. And the boys are a little bit more open with each other this season. I guess they've kind of hit this point where they're like, look, this is it. This is the <laughs> end. There's war. We can't hide anymore. We have to just get it all out.
3: <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Exactly. No more waiting around. And I, I'm glad he brought it up. And and I want to believe that answer. I like that answer so much better than Sam coming back wrong. You know, when he got resurrected.
0: You know, and demons lie. Right. I mean, we've been told we've been told that a thousand times. You know, <laughs> the yellow-eyed demon or Zazel, for him to be truthful about things, it just didn't seem quite right. Right. But for him to put that idea in. Dean's head, that Sam might not be right, would actually possibly play out in the demon's favor. Right. You know, he was trying to implant some sort of thought or idea that might, you know, convince Dean to do something or other. So, you know, it might have served a purpose, or it might be true. We still don't know. But I do like this new idea better.
3: Me too. I think it it's a much better, stronger, you know, way of developing a character it and than- Oh, he's, you know, poisoned with evil,
0: <laughs> some yep.
3: vague demonic source, you know.
0: Well, I mean, he is still like some sort of part demon or something. I mean, he did eat demon blood, and we still don't know what the consequence of that is right. completely, which is yet another unanswered question. But exactly, <laughs> I think that they really are doing a good job at answering things for us.
3: That's true. And, and we're eating it up because we rarely get answers. And... I know. Oh, she lied about, you know, there being a way out for Dean to hook Sam. So I wonder if she lied about knowing answers about Mary, too.
0: Well, you never know. That, that could be true. Wow. Yeah, what's up with Mary? I don't know.
3: <laughs> she just thrown I out forgotten. there at the beginning.
0: I forgot about that.
3: <laughs> Mary and her friends.
0: Come on, where's Ellen? <laughs>
3: That's right. There's always, every every uh, loose end that gets tied up, there's six or seven more dangling around.
0: Yeah, I mean, when they destroyed the roadhouse, they kind of took away that, um, well, built-in supporting character thing. But I imagine, I mean, Ellen had contacts everywhere. I just imagine that she's off helping or being some sort of leader in this army, like trying to get the troops together or something. (laughs) Right. She's out there doing something. I want (laughs) to know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) That would be nice. And I know there are a lot of spoilers out there about, you know, her possible return and and future episodes and so forth. But with this strike going on, we might not see it. So I'm not even thinking about it.
3: That's right.
0: (laughs) So what else did you like?
3: Uh, Well, uh, I thought it was funny that uh, Sam and Dean introduced themselves to Elizabeth as Agents Bachman and Turner.
0: (laughs) Uh, I laughed out loud at that one.
3: (laughs) I totally missed it, but the first time that a friend pointed it out to me, that it was a shout out to Bachman Turner Overdrive.
0: Oh, I actually caught that one right away. Did you? (laughs) I did. I was like, well, that's a good one.
3: I always forget to pay attention to their aliases because they usually mean something else.
0: And I often miss them because I'm so excited about having the show. And it's it's always like in the first scene. So you don't really catch everything all at the beginning.
3: The same friend also pointed out to me that the actress who played Elizabeth was also uh, used to be the Pink Ranger on Power Rangers Time (laughs) Force.
0: Oh my, I never would have caught that one. I'm
3: like, that's some unusual casting.
0: (laughs) Speaking of Bachman Turner Overdive, we had some music back. That's right. Some very well-placed music, and it worked really well.
3: It did. We've had score for a while now.
0: I think CW is trying to save some money or something, but come on. (laughs) Classic songs? Really? That's right. How much could it really cost to put poison on an episode?
3: (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're hit from like 20 years ago Come on <laughs> But yes, that was very good I really liked that scene I mean, the maggots were really gross And I hated that But that that cross-cutting You could see it happening There was some really great tension In that scene in the car And then the music was It was just perfect I thought yeah. that was one of the best scenes We've had in a long time
3: was very well done So what did you not like about the episode?
0: Well, the witch mythology Really <laughs> bothered me I mean, it really, really bothered me and it was very distracting. Like, I had a hard time getting past it. Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, I liked the little twists and how they changed it. It wasn't just a witch controlling everything like the Shatiga or something. But I don't know. The, like, the with the little, the bags, the mojo bags or whatever, um, you know, it would have been, it would have made more sense to me if they would have had a voodoo or hoodoo practitioner doing that instead of... You know, your desperate housewives meet Supernatural. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, Charmed was more believable than this. Oh, it bothered me so much. <laughs> <laughs> I can
3: totally see that. And I think, it, I think that the whole role and mythology behind the witches could have been explained a lot more. And they could have spent a lot more time, you know, exploring that. But one thing I did appreciate was the fact that they made it scary. It's, yeah. Instead of something like Charmed, where it was just, you know, bright and colorful and easy to do. <laughs> but they kept it gross and scary, which I did appreciate.
0: Yes, that is true. You know, but the whole, like, using black magic to, like, you know, win your pie in some contest or something. Like, <laughs> come on. you well, that... give these girls a little bit more credit than that. They sold their soul to the demon so that they could win money in some award prize thing. Like, at least, you know, let her be, like, president or something, you know? like <laughs>
3: Exactly.
0: Something cool.
3: <laughs> Shoot a little a lot bigger, ladies, than your craft fair. <laughs> well, I agree. I think that was one of my nitpicks, was the actress who played the blonde witch was really over the top, and it played in with the whole craft fair and all that. It just, when you add all that in, that they're using black magic to, you know, win <laughs> prizes, it was came off very campy.
0: That is true. I think it would have worked a lot better in one of the more, like, the funnier, like, Tall Tales episode, though. Right. To balance it with what was happening in this episode. I know they had to use a witch to explain Ruby's history and so forth, and they wanted to try to tell that. But it just didn't work to me. (laughs) It just didn't.
3: Exactly. And that, that first witch who, you know, was using her power to kill people... It did seem very much like voodoo, but it was scary and it was a little more believable use of that power than you know winning your prizes in the craft fair.
0: Yeah, I mean, if they would have kept that up, that it was like a deadly game or you know something or other, or right. and they didn't, it didn't seem to keep with the um, the mythology that the show was built. That's what really bothered me. It wasn't just the fact that they were portraying witches like that, but the fact that it doesn't stay with what we know about the supernatural universe. <laughs> well,
3: it, yeah, it's very interesting. And and I wonder if it's like, yes, they were using black magic. and uh, But I wonder how much of it had to do with what the demon was doing for them. You know, was it because they were worshipping it and it was granting their wishes? Or were the spells what were working? You know, th- none of that was really made clear.
0: Yeah, I think it was just the fact that so much was happening all at once <laughs> that none of it was... Very well laid out.
3: Right. And, you know, and it was intense and it was well-paced and exciting. But, yeah, the Mm -hmm. details didn't match all together.
0: But I have to tell you, it was beautifully shot. Like, um, Robert Singer was the director on this one. And he had, like, those shots from, like, underneath the glass coffee table. Like, he had some really nice shots. Like, it was just beautiful. Yeah. So, kudos on that.
3: Speaking of the nitpicking about how the witch's powers worked... I didn't understand if she was actually casting the spells when the stuff was actually going on, because I was wondering how that witch would know when the lady was brushing her teeth at that moment, or when he was eating his burger.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought maybe it was coincidence on the first one, but then when we saw it with the burger too, I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> right.
3: She's got them bugged and GPSed as well <laughs> as castings.
0: Yeah, it's all a little too convenient. And then what was going on with Dean, the same thing happened. Right. But Ruby is a, a very good person to have around. I have to say that. <laughs> yeah. She just keeps saving them. <laughs> you know, overall, the episode I thought was much better than some of the others. Definitely, I thought it was one of the better ones.
3: Yeah, I agree. I, I thought it was a really enjoyable episode. But I can understand how people would not appreciate the way that the witches were played out. Right. When
0: you deal with witches, like, it can be so much more than Dean with his whole, like, Ugh, witches not witches <laughs> I know it's like what are you five <laughs>
3: <laughs> yep that was a quote that made me laugh but uh, it did show his kind of ignorance because he didn't seem to know much about him from then on out you know or how to yeah. take care of it it was all Sam and I was like well, does he even know what he was talking about
0: exactly <laughs> do you have that quote
3: yes where he says, I hate witches. They're always spewing their bodily fluids everywhere. It's creepy, you know, <laughs> right? Unsanitary. Which I agree, it's pretty <laughs> unsanitary.
0: Would you rather have like a werewolf show up or uh, maybe a djinn again? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we could find somebody worse than a witch for you to
3: deal with. <laughs> That's true. He's got a pretty broad definition of creepy considering what they've come mm. up against.
0: Yeah, that's true. That is very, very true. Did you... Another thing that bothered me was Tammy's death. Okay, so Ruby was saying how it's, you know, they should just leave because this is something they've never come across before. Well, okay, number one, they killed a zazel, So I have to say that's probably a different definition than we're used to. Right. However, I mean, Tammy was a pretty, you know, upper-level demon, I'd imagine. She could stop bullets from the cult, but she couldn't repel the demon knife.
3: I think it had a lot to do with the fact she got taken by surprise. And that's probably why he had to stab her like 20 times.
0: I just thought they had maybe some extra money in their special effects budget.
3: (laughs) I I think honestly that's why they stabbed her so many times, to show that maybe she was a little bit harder to kill.
0: I don't know. It just seemed a little too easy.
3: They did a good job of making her seem formidable at the beginning. You know, she stops the bullet she's able to slam them both up against the wall without even thinking about it and keep them there while she's distracted. And and, uh, I guess, you know, the only other demon we've seen show that kind of power has been Meg, and even she didn't seem that strong.
0: Well, then, of course, yellow-eyed.
3: Right, exactly.
0: But he's way, way, way at the top. But you're right. It's a little bit different.
3: Maybe Ruby did oversell (laughs) the danger (laughs) involved.
0: I think she's just trying so hard to keep them from harm that she doesn't want to have to step in and help, and she doesn't want them in danger. Right. She just doesn't want them to be put in that kind of situation, even though they can handle it.
3: They can handle it as long as she's there to rescue them. So, I mean, speaking of Ruby and her talking about things, I mean, what about what the demon said about the new leader rising in the West?
0: Yeah. Kind of took me off guard a little bit. I mean, we knew somebody was going to come up and you know want to be the leader i don't know it just seemed kind of strange like somebody in the west like does that give us a clue as to somebody we've met before i
3: don't know it's pretty vague it seemed very you know literary reference maybe
0: yeah like wicked witch of the west right
3: exactly
0: <laughs> little uh, dorothy wizard of oz oh well, they are from kansas so maybe that works
3: maybe i don't know it'd be interesting to see how many de- how much details we get about that in the upcoming episodes. If any. Yeah.
0: You know, I wonder if maybe it's somebody we've met before, like maybe Mega's back or...
3: You know, who knows? To me, I, I kind of forgot about the whole gate opening and everybody escaping for a while until this episode reminded me, oh, yeah, they're supposed to be hunting those guys down.
0: Yeah. And how many are they actually hunting? They haven't <laughs> really, they haven't given us any indicator that they've been out hunting.
3: Yeah, I don't know. And that, that also lends to that whole speculation about, we find out that, well, at least Ruby says most or all demons are, used to be people. So how yeah. come some are more powerful than others? Is it just age? It looked like this demon had the power to send her back to hell. So how did she get that power? And what makes one more powerful than the other?
0: And I imagine it like an army. Where you have like hierarchy and you have to work your way up by you know i guess maybe killing important people or oh right you know maybe that's why they're hunting sam so much because they know that he's one of the chosen supposed to be the leader and they they all want him like that's somebody was saying that earlier this season i think it was um was it bella that said that wow it's been too long i can't remember who said that (laughs) somebody said that they're all coming after sam oh right ruby or bella i think it was one of the girls but um, so maybe they are, and maybe Ruby's putting some sort of protection on Sam so he isn't being found.
3: Maybe you're right. Maybe. That's why
0: we're not seeing as many.
3: Maybe killing Sam would score him some more points and move him up the ladder.
0: Everybody wants to get the one everybody wants, <laughs> <laughs> right? And you know, we don't have an exact time frame in this one. Like this season's actually been pretty good about giving us time frames, but we know that there are a few months until the end of the deal. That's right. all we know. That's
3: all we know, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so it could be that it's, you know, February, and or it could be, like, December yet, or, you know, we don't really know. They didn't give us anything on this one. <laughs> right. Which makes you wonder, if there's only three more episodes, what's going to happen? Like, how much, how far through the year is it going to be, or is it going to be the end, or... <laughs> right. Is it going to be a cliffhanger if they actually make it
3: to the end of the season? Or would they deal with it before the end of the season?
0: I mean, it could have been that that was the end of sweeps. Like, how it fell with three more episodes. Isn't it going to put us through sweeps? Oh, right. So it might be that there could be some kind of cliffhanger that happens at the end of the fourth episode.
3: It's a funny thing about TV time. <laughs> yep. It's like three episodes happen one right after the other three days of the week. And then you jump a couple of months.
0: And, you know, Dean with his whole... You know, there's no hope for you. You're going to hell. That's it. Right. Like, maybe the amulet will still play a part.
3: Maybe. Because <laughs> it was, That's... you know, brought to our attention last episode.
0: It was. It was finally brought up again in a big way. Yes. I mean, they didn't just do an offhand comment. Like, you know, I bet Kripke was like, finally, let's just tell them something about it because they're driving. <laughs> right. The
3: <press. laughs> yeah, everybody keeps bugging me yeah. about that stupid necklace.
0: But it's been, uh, you know, you see it in every episode, like Dean's always wearing it. So it has to be something really important. And it was given to John, you know, it was supposed to be given to John.
3: Yes, he should have showed up for Christmas.
0: (laughs) But he probably if it was something really important, he probably would have passed it to his boys at some point. Anyhow. True. Like he would have, you know, if he knew that there was something really bad going on, he probably would have given it to Dean while they were hunting. Because wouldn't you want to protect your kid more than yourself? I mean, it's just kind of the parental thing.
3: Right, and he did seem to do that.
0: So is there anything else? Any other speculation?
3: I think we hit all my major points.
0: You know, for a lot of stuff going on, I think because they gave us so many answers, it didn't open up as many questions as we normally have.
3: (laughs) Right. There's always questions, the same ones, you know.
0: (laughs) We still don't know the Bloody Mary thing. We only know part of the amulet.
3: Right, still don't know about Mary and her friends.
0: Don't know if any of our old friends are going to show up again, like Ellen, Joe.
3: Joe, I was wondering if you were going to say right
0: <laughs> Our friend jo- Well, the further we get away from Joe, I imagine that she's maturing, so maybe if we do see her again, she will right. be a different person.
3: A Joe Ruby showdown might be fun.
0: Ooh, that might be fun. I bet she could take her. <laughs> Bella hasn't shown up in a while, although that's okay with me. <laughs> because she's kind of annoying. Yep, that's all right. She plays a specific purpose. She and does. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, she she feels a little niche, I suppose. And, uh, you know, the only quote I had was uh, between Dean and Ruby, where he was saying, why do you want us to win? And she's like, isn't it obvious? I'm not like them. I don't know why. I wish I was, but I'm not. I remember what it's like, you know, what's that like? Being human, she says. And I don't know, it just, it it takes you off guard. I I think that really stuck out at me as one of those aha moments. And we already talked about it, but for her to still remember being human after 450 years, like, and at the time, if you think about it, back when the bubonic plague was going on, that was not a good time to be in Europe to try to, you know, protect herself during that time, because that was like all out witch hunt, plague. I mean, you name it, it was a terrible time.
3: Yes. Maybe we'll get some more details on the exact reasons she sold her soul and all that stuff.
0: That would be nice. I'd like to know more about her. I think she's um, she's definitely growing on me, and I think she's providing a very a very important little link that I think is going to be necessary. Because you don't just see demons everywhere. They don't really appear in groups, or <laughs> well, ex- except for the five, right. you know, or the, the seven deadly sins. <laughs> it's a little bit different, but like you tend to see him in isolated little groups and she's kind of that go between right. that i think um is important which as a parallel you did see in the later seasons of charmed <laughs> right <laughs> when you know phoebe and her demon husband you know yep. he was that go between but he was also came across as a good person or a good demon and he was in in a, in a lot of ways so there's hope for ruby yet
3: is just hopefully not for all of her demon friends. My other quote was when they were talking to Elizabeth about the death of that other witch and they tell her what it, what they found in her room and she says but she's an Episcopalian. And Dean says, well then we're pretty sure she was using the wrong Bible. And it made me laugh, but it also struck me because of Elizabeth said that line very convincingly, you know? Like she's surprised. Yeah. And if I were an investigator who didn't know about her herbs, I would have been likely to buy it you know
0: book club will never have the same connotation <laughs> that's right well i didn't look ahead to next episode because i don't do that sort of thing right but there are three left
3: sad times unless things get resolved very quickly
0: well and that's these next three episodes are going to be really important to supernatural as far as ratings right because then they're off the air i don't know how many of you know that but Reaper is going to take its time slot, and Supernatural's completely off the calendar. Like, not even in reruns, they're showing Pussycat Dolls twice a week, but no Supernatural. Because
3: <laughs> heaven knows we need another Pussycat Doll.
0: You know, but Kripke is very confident that we'll get a fourth season. Yeah. I think especially because of what all has happened with the writer's strike.
3: Right, it's hard to be doing new pilots and stuff.
0: That is true, they aren't going to have any scripts for new pilots. <laughs> It's going to be interesting what will happen in Hollywood next fall when there aren't many movies coming out. Yes, the Pussycat Dolls are going to take over the CW. Yay,
3: maybe they can do a movie too.
0: Yeah, very fun. Yes,
3: I don't think I'll ever not be bitter about the Pussycat Dolls ever since Veronica Mars got axed.
0: Okay, let's move on to legends and references. Obviously, witches were the big thing this episode, but... There were also a couple of other things. Black magic, as defined in Season 1, Episode 12, Faith. It is magic attempted for evil purposes, calling upon evil spirits or the devil. And there was also a hex bag. It contains items associated with the casting of a hex or spell. It's also se- associated with a Grigri bag, which is defined in Season 1, Episode 9, Home. It's a modern term for a small cloth bag people carry for good luck or to ward off evil. It usually contains a mixture of one or more of the following herbs, oils, stones, bones, hair, nails, and other personal items. In New Orleans, the traditional headquarters of American voodoo, many people carry gris bags for protection, but they can also be used to cause someone bad luck. So let's talk about witches. Um, as discussed in the discussion I had with Josh, I really had a hard time with the way they portrayed witches. And let's just talk about witches as they're seen in you know, TV film. The premise of this episode is that a witch is a person deluded into making a pact with the devil through persuasion so that she can perform mischievous magic for her own benefit and is often seen as a magical manipulation of supernatural forces through the use of spells and the conjuring of spirits. Witches are shown to have abilities of shape-shifting, clairvoyance, invisibility, flying, and the ability to kill at a distance. Unfortunately and unfairly through history on today, Witches and witchcraft are seen as evil magic, heresy, and devil worship. The witches perform spells in this episode, which have a specific kind of formula using incantations, various potions, images, and implements. These elements are designed to gather magical power and direct it towards a specific purpose such as causing some kind of change. Typically, the best spell incantations are performed at ceremonies of ritual magic. And since we're talking about witches, I thought we would just briefly mention the Salem Witch Trials. Witchcraft came to America with the first settlers, but never really became big due to the fact that they were threatened by persecution and death. But the most famous, of course, was the Salem Witch Trials of Salem, Massachusetts, incidentally the same state as in our episode. In 1689, the villagers won the right to establish their own church and chose Reverend Samuel Parris, a former merchant, as their minister. Paris had a nine-year-old daughter, Betty. Betty and her cousin, Abigail Williams, delighted in the mesmerizing tales spun by a Barbados slave who spoke of the future. These girls invited several of their friends to share in this forbidden diversion. All eight girls between the ages of eleven and twenty began to show signs of being possessed by a demon. It was believed that they may have been inadvertently affected by these tales. They contorted themselves, cowered under chairs, and shouted nonsense. Soon, several other girls, as a result of this hysteria, started to show signs of being possessed, such as Mary Warren, a servant from the house of Elizabeth and John Proctor. Naturally, the Puritans called it supernatural. There was no other answer. Witchcraft. Finding witches became an unhealthy crusade that would soon harm more people than originally intended. People and the public caught on soon enough and became highly alarmed because any one of them could be accused of witchcraft. Tituba the Barbados slave, came forward in 1692 and confessed that the devil had come to her and bided her to serve him. Villagers were spellbound by her tales of black dogs, red cats, and a white-haired man who had her sign, the devil's book. A lot has been written on Salem, and it really did turn out to be hysteria and that the girls were unfairly naming people because of this hysteria. And it it was more of a psychological infliction. And unfortunately, there were a lot of casualties. It was a very horrific time period in American history. A Grimoire is a weighty and nearly impenetrable book of black magic written in dead languages. Some superstitions claim that grimoires must be in manuscript and in red ink bound in black or human skin. Two of the most famous books are the Key of Solomon and the Lesser Key of Solomon, also known as the Greater Key. Some people believe that these were written by King Solomon himself, whereas others believe they were written by demons and given to the king. We've seen the Key of Solomon show up in this this series already a couple times. Another grimoire is that of Honorius, a catalogue of fallen angels and how to raise them. It has not only instructed priests in the art of demonology, but virtually ordered them to learn how to conjure and control demons as part of their job. In modern neo-pagan traditions, the Book of Shadows is the personal handwritten book of a coven or a solitary witch. Another's the Necromicon. Now, you've seen this in film. It's been talked about a lot. It's a book which was supposed to have been written by a black wizard who lived in Yemen around 700 AD. The book is also referred to as The Whispers of Demons. It's a compilation of spells, recipes, and other texts taken from older grimoires. Now, the title of this episode, Malleus Maleficarum, is the title of a treatise on witches and witchcraft, which was written by Heinrich Kramer and Jacob Springer in 1486. The complete title translates as The Hammer of Witches Which Destroyeth Witches and Their Heresy Like a Most Powerful Spear. Very happy title. In the book, the authors aim to refute any claims against the true reality of witches, to show that most witches were women, and to set out ways of dealing with them. Interestingly, in relation to the prevalent themes of supernatural in season three, it also asserts that three elements are necessary for the successful accomplishment of witchcraft one, the evil intentioned witch, two, the help of the devil, and three, the permission of God. The publication of Malleus Maleficarum was instrumental in the Catholic Church's ultimate acceptance of the reality of witchcraft as a clear and present heresy, and became the handbook for witch hunters and inquisitors throughout late medieval Europe. Finally, we had a couple songs! Yay, music was back! They were Every Rose Has Its Thorn by Poison, and I Put a Spell on You by Screamin' Jay Hawkins. The Song of the Night is All at Once by Blood Red Sun, the song is brought to you by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Enjoy.
2: Our patience has than to avoid, the finished
0: weight around, it's all the same.
3: Some flashes of loaded guns Just believe, believe it all at once And now I've got a brand new reason to feel The radio waves have begun I Often believe, believe it all at once Now I've got a brand new
1: reason to feel a current in my mind
3: The waste of space An image that's up Accelerating past and exploding suddenly beliefs the truth is and and now I've got red Louis in the field
1: It's one
0: thin to avoid. Finish waiting around; it's all the
1: same. The television flashes the loaded gun. Says, "Believe, believe it all
3: at once," and now I've got.
0: That's it for this episode. There was an all new episode this past week and our review for Dream Little Dream of Me will be posted in a couple days. Two episodes left. Thanks for listening and take care.